Hey guys, how you doing? This is Al, and I've got a special guest with me today. I've got uh, my friend Chief David. Say hi, Chief. How you doing, everybody? Hey, all right. So uh, we uh, we're going to talk about the law tonight and uh, freedom and where those two um, whether they serve each other or not. And uh, most, I think we're probably maybe a little bit. Uh, already decided amongst ourselves, but uh, let's still chop it up about uh, what rights we have, what rights uh, we have that have been taken from us, and uh, all that good stuff. So, um, basically, I'll tell you a little story about me, and uh, as an introduction to uh, Chief David, I, uh, I was at the, the, the LA 9-11 Truth Conference, and I saw a little flyer, and it said, got a traffic t- ticket? Need help? Want to win? I can help. And so I, I emailed the guy, and uh, it said, "Ask for Chief David." So I said, "So I got an email from Chief David, and, and he um, he offered me some help." And uh, so, you know, uh, <laughs> it was such as it was. And so actually, I just had my my court uh, date yesterday, and I was found guilty. So you're you're not hitting a thousand, right? <laughs> Well, I believe I told you that I wasn't sure this was going to work for right. you because you had a commercial license. That's right. You know? I, I do. I so d- you're in a different category. Yep, I do have a commercial license, and I was actually on the job in the mo- at that moment. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I think the fact that I, um, well, I made the cop feel like I was going to run him over. <laughs> didn't help things at all. No, I, I can see that. <laughs> so, but um, it was an interesting process. And I also want to share a little story that I actually, um, on the Conspiracy Central Tracker, uh, Torrent Tracker, I found a file um, called Stop the Cop. And um, if you go to stopthecop.com, uh, they they will try to sell you um, a... Um, basically, it's an MP3 and... Um, and a bunch of motions. And what you do is you listen to the MP3, and, and it's like a script. And they have you like sort of memorize a script. And basically, the, the gist of the script is... Uh, I was sort of looking to see if I can find it. Yes, I do have it. Um, but basically, the gist of the script is... Um, oh, we'll play a little bit. Basically, it goes... But basically, it goes at your arraignment is where is where you have all, all, all still have all your power before you enter a plea. And you say... And and they say, well, how do you plead? You know, do you plead guilty, not guilty, or no contest? And that's where you have to challenge them on the on what court you're actually in and what jurisdiction they have. And because there's two under the Constitution, as as described by these guys on their thing and and elsewhere in the Constitution, it says there's common law and there's maritime admiralty uh, law or jurisdiction. Those are the two jurisdictions that you can have. And the only way maritime admiralty you're you're under any kind of obligation under maritime admiralty is if you engage in international contracts or things of that nature um, and driving on the freeways uh, and roads of our, of our nation uh, is not engaging in international contracts. Um, so they say what you do is you you resist entering any plea at all and um, and you just you challenge the court by saying. Uh, you what under what jurisdiction? You please identify the, this court, and since you can't identify this court, I, I move for to be dismissed. Uh, and they have this whole thing. In fact, we'll just play a little clip of it, and just to hear what how how what they're saying, and and I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Cause, uh, will I be able to hear that? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah. Okay. 
Let's Once the judge has agreed to answer your questions, on. your first question will be, please okay. state, understand, please state that you need to have some questions Hold answered. The judge will probably okay, be irritated and try to intimidate you. You must politely state that you need to have some questions answered before you can enter your plea. Tell him that you do not understand the nature and cause of the action against you. Once the judge has agreed to answer your questions, your first question will be, is this going to be a civil action or a criminal action? In the highly unlikely chance that the judge answered your question by saying it is a civil action, your response will be, thank you, your honor. Let the record reflect that this is a civil action. Your Honor, since this is a civil action, I make a motion to dismiss for lack of a sworn complaint by an injured party, and no injured party is present. More likely, the judge has stated that this is a criminal action, so you respond, Thank you, Your Honor. Let the record of this court then show that this action against me is a criminal action. Now I have another question. Your Honor, the Constitution grants this court two different criminal jurisdictions. One is a criminal jurisdiction under the common law, and the other is a criminal jurisdiction under admiralty or military tribunal venue from Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 of the Constitution. In which of these two criminal jurisdictions does the court intend to try me? Don't panic if you don't get the article, section, and clause. You'll have them down by the time you have practiced. But if you are afraid of getting it wrong, it would be wise to have some brief notes with that clause number in it. If the judge gives a specific answer, you will again say, Thank you, Your Honor. Let the record of this court then show that this action against me is a criminal action under whichever jurisdiction he replied. However, don't expect an easy answer to that question, as you have just exposed the court's fraud. The truth is that they are acting under a military tribunal of which they have no right to use with you. But the judge can't say that. And he can't say common law because if he does, you will make a motion to have the case dismissed because there is no sworn complaint by an injured party and no injured party present, exactly like you did if he said it was a civil action. When you protest that there is no injured party, if the judge is silly enough to say that the state of whatever state you're in is the injured party, then say, Your Honor, I make a motion that this case be dismissed. We are in the wrong court. If the state is a party to the case, they cannot also be the judge and prosecutors. This case needs to be transferred to federal court or be dismissed. More likely, the judge will try to avoid answering and will tell you to get a licensed attorney for such legal advice. Your response will be, Thank you, Your Honor, but I don't think you'd be violating your oath of office if you did your duty under the Constitution. You see, I am not seeking legal advice. What I want to know is legal intent. I have the right to appear as myself in my own person without a licensed attorney. And in order to intelligently defend myself, I have to know the jurisdiction that this court is operating under. Because the rules of criminal procedure under a common law jurisdiction are very different from the rules of criminal procedure under an admiralty or military tribunal. I need to know under which jurisdiction you intend to try me in order for me to proceed with this case. The Sixth Amendment grants me the right to know the jurisdiction being applied, and it grants you the duty to inform me, and I don't think you'd be violating your oath of office for doing your duty. Therefore, will you please answer the question so this court is properly identified? If the judge still responds by telling you to get an attorney, your answer will be, Thank you, Your Honor. Let the record of this court then show that I, your name here, 
The accused in this criminal action has asked the court to divulge the nature and cause of the accusation upon the authority of the Sixth Amendment and that this court has failed in its duty to inform me of the nature and cause of the action. Furthermore, let the record also show that this court intends to bring this action against me under a secret jurisdiction known only to licensed attorneys. At this point, the judge might claim that this is a statutory jurisdiction under the statutes of the state of whatever state you're in. If he does so, your next statement is, thank you, your honor. Let the record of this court then show that it intends to conduct a criminal action against me under a statutory jurisdiction. But your honor, that raises another question. I have never heard of such a thing as a criminal action under statutory jurisdiction, and there is no such jurisdiction established in the Constitution. I would be happy to accept this, Your Honor, if you could please tell me where I can find the published rules of criminal procedure under a statutory jurisdiction. Okay, you guys get the idea. So, um, so what do you think about that, David? What well, you, David? Uh, there was a lot of stuff ca- covered there. Right. Uh, I understand the concept of... Uh, of challenging the jurisdiction of the court, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I do not do that in my process. Okay, um, but uh, to give you a little bit of background of me, sure. you know, I grew up with the Indians in Arizona, uh, um, and then uh, I was in the Navy, and I got out of the Navy. I stayed here in California, and and uh, a brother of mine was working in some building where Lynn Meredith wrote her book uh, Vultures and Eagles Clothing and I don't know if you've ever heard about it no. but it, uh, she's talking about the uh, IRS and oh, okay. the uh, uh, Federal Reserve, okay. mostly about the Federal Reserve and about how it's not uh, a government agency, it's a private individual or a private uh, entity and uh, he brought the book home and I got to reading it and I said man that's really good so I went to uh, a meeting and and, and Ended up hooking up with a guy by the name of Payman Montehede. He's, he's an Iran Jewish Iranian immigrant from uh, uh, Iran. Uh, who, uh, when he first got here, he was helping translate in the courts, you know, for Iranians and whatnot. Right. And he could see how the people were being railroaded. Right. So he he established what he calls the, the Freedom Law School. Right. Now, this isn't a law school to become a lawyer or anything like that, but he teaches the ordinary basic citizens the basics of the Constitution, mm-hmm. basics of the law, and how to represent themselves in court. Well, I hooked up with him and became his right-hand man for about five, six years. Oh, okay. And and as I started going through his courses, everything was fine, you know, for me then. Before then, I, I was hardly... if it seldom if ever getting getting pulled over by the cops but when i started going through his courses man it was like they came out of the woodwork every time i turned <laughs> around i was getting pulled over man i was it was starting to piss me off you know and and, and i'd say payment help me out here he said no do it yourself and uh so as a result i i learned how to play the game and he has a traffic ticket course but i don't do anything don't don't do hardly any of the the stuff he does in his course i use the motion to quash that's in his course Uh and that's that's the only thing i use but i i have developed my own style my own techniques and i have gone to many different meetings and sources and uh 
and I'd, I'd get one program going, and then they'd change the way they operate. So right. I'd have to adjust the way I operate to to uh, to keep winning. And um, I have beaten oh probably about a half a dozen uh, uh, non-registration tickets and stuff like that. Uh, and I. Uh, I continue. I'm getting better and better at this stuff all the time, but um, so anyway, that's that's okay. where where I'm coming from. But maybe start with like an overview of of like the right to travel versus licensed, registered uh, traffic, and and you know, is there? I mean, are are is the entire California and, and all the state vehicle codes? Are they all just? Um, I mean, what's the nature? I mean, well, well, what, what, what's the main issue that that you have with having a license and registering your car and following the rules of the road and those types of things? Okay, let's let's go back to okay. let's go let's go back in time before the, there was car automobiles. Okay, on the uh, highways, back back in the days of horses and horse and buggies. Okay, we didn't have to get an operator's license to ride our horse or to to drive our horse and buggy down the road mm-hmm. we didn't have to get a license plate to put on them right. and, uh, and then the automobile came along and the states what essentially what happened was the states looked at the automobile as a dangerous uh, object you know it is dangerous. <laughs> we, you can say that it is dangerous but courts all across the this land have said that the automobile is not inherently dangerous. Okay, and and as far as dangerous, hor- a, a horse and a horse and buggy can be dangerous. True. You know, I mean, uh, if you're riding a gun-shy horse and something happens that startles him, you know, he could create all kinds of damage and create death. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the same is true with a horse and buggy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the the when the cars appeared on the scene, the the states looked at looked at all these cars as possible income sources of income. Exactly. What they did is they 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 they, they uh, created this uh, motor vehicle tax. Now, uh, there's nothing they can tax our property, but they're using it as an excise tax. Or a privilege tax. Right. But according to the U.S. Constitution, we're guaranteed a right to travel. Now, courts all across the, this land have a, have said that the automobile has the same right on the highway as a horse, a horse and buggy, a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, horses don't have to be insured, uh, registered or insured. Horses and buggies don't have to be reg- registered and insured. Bicycles don't have to be registered or insured, right? But a car does. That makes a car an inferior uh, vehicle. You know, if you have to pay the the uh, motor vehicle tax before you can drive your car down the road, then you're an inferior citizen. So, um, uh, how do you balance that with, um? Like I, I like well, like the 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 great thing of people actually stopping at stoplights and 
creating, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, and stop signs, like, a lot of times people stop because more of, of a fear of getting a ticket rather than understanding that everyone takes turns and we can all go safely along our way. Well, there there is a certain need for stop signs and uh, and traffic lights to regulate the flow of traffic. Sure. Uh, and uh, and people should have the common courtesy to understand that. Right. Uh, now, there's going to be some that won't. You know, and, and with those individuals, they should be dealt with in... Uh, uh, you know the appropriate manner but without i mean because it seems like what you're sort of saying is that there's we should be i mean there should be sort of like a sort of anarchy on the road like and and there's the the laws that we are expected to follow are are illusory you know they just don't they don't even really exist no i'm not really implying that there should be anarchy on the road um well, and and how would you enforce laws if you if I mean I'm kind of get trying to get the big picture going on here and and see this from, um, I mean I understand I understand it more from like what what we heard earlier about you know common law where where you actually do damage to a person or or, or someone's property versus some um, dangerous behavior that might do damage to a person or property. Okay. And that makes a lot more sense than just saying, well, we can I can get out. I mean, I can pull the str- I you know, I'm, I know the the legal schmegel stuff and I can pull the strings and get out of stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Where you know, and maybe you know, and I, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday and how she was like, "Well, you can rail against the injustice of it, but you're still coming at it as a victim." Because you're you're you know you're coming at it like oh they screwed me over and and I and and you know I should be I should you know if this would have worked I would have gotten off but everyone else is getting screwed you know I went in there paying my my bill and everyone's grousing about having to pay this these fines I don't know I don't know if I'm making sense I'm sort of rambling but I I'm just trying to I'm trying to sort of look at look down on it all and see right. and right. see you know what what the, what the, what are the real issues. What are the real issues yeah, about about traffic and 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 freedom? The the real issues are whether we're subject to uh, someone else or or we're a free individual. Okay, for example, you know, um, let's talk about taxes for just a second, okay. and then we'll come back okay. to the to the you know to the uh, vehicle stuff. You know. When I talk to Christians, for example, you know, I ask them, I say, well, did Christ uh, tell us to pay taxes? Oh, yeah, you bet. He says, uh, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and unto God that which is God's. Well, what, what people don't, don't remember about that is that the Sadducees and the Pharisees came to Christ spe- and specifically asked him that question, do we pay taxes? Mm-hmm. Knowing full well that if Christ said yes they could have hung him up no or, if I mean, Christ oh, said yes oh, right. most of his people the following would have left him right. even Ju- that's one re- one of the reasons why Judas betrayed him because mm-hmm. they were looking for somebody that was going to overthrow the Roman government right. and that's not what Christ was there for right okay okay i got you and then if Christ said no you don't have to pay taxes 
the government would have killed him before it was time for him to die. Right. And so Christ looked at them, perceiving what they were trying to do, says, give me a tribute coin. And he says, whose image? Whose inscription? And that's when they said Caesar. And that's when he said what he said, render unto Caesar that which is God. Caesar's and unto God that which is God's, given us our free agency to choose whether we wanted to be a free man or a slave. I see. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to Matthew, the last part of the chapter, the tax collector comes to Peter and says, Does not your master pay taxes? Now, Peter, without asking Christ, says, Oh, yeah, you bet. He's a good, upstanding citizen. Damn right he pays taxes. Now, okay, I'm uh, forgive me. I'm paraphrasing here just a little bit, so don't, sure. don't, don't whip my butt yet. <laughs> uh, okay. And so as, Christ, as Peter's coming into the house, Christ stops him and says, Simon, what thinkest thou? Of whom do the kings take tribute or tax? From their children or from strangers? And, and Peter stopped and thought for a second. Now, to Peter's credit, he very wisely said, from strangers. Then Christ responded, responded ah, well, then the children are free, right? But because you made a contract by signing your 1040 form, go right. down go down and catch the fish and take the gold coin and pay the tax for me and you. Uh-huh. I, I Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I honestly believe that if Peter had not said yes when the tax collector asked him if Christ paid taxes, that Christ would not have told him to go catch the fish and pay the tax. Uh-huh. You see, the thing is, is when Peter said yes, he made a contract. When we sign our 1040 form, we make a contract. Right. Now, as far as taxes go, if you fill out a 1040 form and you make a mistake on there, and they can find the mistake, you can go to jail for five years. Mm -hmm. But if you don't fill out a 1040 form, you can only go to jail for one year. There's something wrong with that equation, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like Christ said, the children are free. Okay, well, getting to America, for example. Okay. As I understand the Constitution, what the Founding Fathers were trying to do, you know, my understanding of the Constitution is is that you and I are the kings of this country. Sovereigns. You and I are the kings and queens of this country. Mm-hmm. We are the sovereigns. Those right. people that walk, work in Washington or in Sacramento or, or in City Hall, they're our servants. Right. They're there doing our job for us. Mm-hmm. Why are we paying our servants taxes? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, to to uh, okay. get back onto the vehicle uh, okay. code and, and, and the right to travel... Um, all all governments, no matter uh, you know, government cor- uh, power corrupts. Okay, right. and so people that get into government tend to strive for more power mm-hmm. and more authority, and so that's what they've done over the years. They've written vehicle codes. They've written uh, all kinds of uh, like penal code. Sure. Uh, you know codes for this and codes for that well okay the vehicle code if you look in uh, california 
Vehicle Code Section 260 it defines a commercial vehicle. And the commercial the vehicle code is actually only for commercial vehicles. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because got a light in here. Oh, yeah. Okay, section 260. Paragraph A. A commercial vehicle is a vehicle of a type required to be registered under this code, used or maintained for the transportation of passengers uh, of persons for hire, compensation or profit, or designated or designed, used or maintained primarily for the transportation of property. Paragraph B: Private vehicles, or I'm sorry, passenger vehicles, which essentially are private vehicles, which are not used for the transportation of persons for hire, compensation, or profit, or house cars are not commercial vehicles. And did, you, did you catch that? So, that, that, so then the rest of this big old fat book that's known as the California Vehicle Code uh, only is for commercial vehicles. So if you're making a profit or you're making money on the road, using the road systems, uh-huh. then all these all the rest of the things is for you. But if you if you're not, if you're just going from A to B on your own private business, you know, your own private affairs, then none of the rest of these vehicle codes apply to you? Is that the gist of it? Uh, in a sense that's what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm not uh, there again. You know, I don't want people to go out and just to randomly violate the law, right? Um, or be unsafe, or, or be unsafe. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have a be, being being as we are the kings and queens of this country. We have a duty to have respect for our fellow citizens right. and and to treat them justly. Uh, if we do not, then we will be held accountable for that under the, under our supreme being, God. Okay, and here's another interesting thing out of the vehicle code. 40600 um, says, uh, Notice to appear reasonable cause for issuance. That's the title above the paragraph. Okay. Paragraph A. Notwithstanding any other provision of law... A peace officer who has successfully completed a course or courses of instruction approved by the commissioner or peace officer standards and training in the investigation of traffic accidents may prepare in triplicate on a form approved by judicial uh, the judicial council. A written notice to appear when a peace officer has reasonable cause to believe that any person involved in a traffic accident has violated a provision of this code, not declared to be a felony or a local ordinance, and the violation was a factor in the occurrence of the accident. In other words, what that paragraph essentially is saying is, is the peace officer has absolutely no right to pull you over and give you a ticket unless 
he believes you were in a traffic accident. Wow. That, at least that's the way that's the way I read it. Yeah. You know, and the judge when you go when you go to court and the judge, you know, for your arraignment, mm-hmm. the, and you know the the clerks will tell you this all the time too. And the judge uh, a lot used he, he used to say it all the time, but now that now they seem to uh, on, a, on some of the uh, lesser fine tickets they, they they give you or, but they used to say uh, you have to pay the bill before you go to trial. Well, and and I used to uh, when I first started doing this, I'd go in and I'd. I'd get an extension, and then I'd get a second extension. Right. And then I'd go before the judge, and I'd tell him I wanted to uh, plead not guilty, and he'd say, you got the money for the bill? I'd say, uh, no, Your Honor. He'd say, well, we'll give you 30 days to come up with the money for the bill. I'd say, okay, fine. I'd come back the next month, and I'd say, well, I'd still like to plead not guilty, Your Honor. He says, uh, you got the money for the bill? I said, I'm sorry, I didn't make any money this month. Then he said, "Well, we'll give you another thirty days. Come up with the money for the bill." And uh, so I'd say, "Okay." So I come back the next month, and I'd say, "Well, you're, you know, Your Honor, I'd like to go to trial in accordance with Vehicle Code four zero five one zero." Now let me read this to you. Paragraph A, uh, going down a little ways. Uh, uh, well, I'll read the whole paragraph. Prior to the date upon which a defendant promised to appear or prior to the expiration of any lawful continuance of that date or upon receipt of information that an action has been filed and prior to the scheduled court date, the defendant may deposit the bell with the magistrate or person authorized to receive deposit of bell. Okay. May. Is, May. Is That's the permissive. prime word. You go back here to section 15 and it defines may. Okay. Okay. The title above section 15 says shall and may. 15. Shall is mandatory. May is permissive. Well, by golly, I don't have to pay the bill. So why should I? Right. And, and I have never paid the bill before I've gone to trial. You know, and and one time I did that in court, and the judge, he was pissed. I order you to pay bill. I can't, Your Honor. I don't have the money. When are you gonna have the money? I don't know, Your Honor. Come back tomorrow. The reason he did that was because he didn't want to let the people in court know that right they could get away with that. I came back the next day, and without saying a word, he granted me my trial without paying bill. You know, so and I and I I knew what he was doing, and when I when I go to tr- when I when I go to before the judge, when I know I'm going before a judge, I always wear a suit and tie. Right. Always. Be I I look better than most attorneys when I go to court. <laughs> Does but, that really uh, make a difference? I was thinking that too because I went to my court wearing a suit and tie yesterday, and I you know I was thinking I can't imagine that just because I got a tie on. That they're going to come to any different conclusion than if I did. Well, I remember one time I went to uh, uh, I went to uh, one of my uh, 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 it was an arraignment, but somehow I got it scheduled for in the afternoon. Uh huh. 
And so I showed up. I'm dressed in a suit and tie. The judge looked around. There was no officer. He says, case dismissed. He thought he thought I was there for trial, oh. apparently. And uh, he dismissed the case. Now, if he wants to assume that I'm an attorney, I'm not going to tell him that I'm not. Right. You know, if they ask, then I'll say, no, I'm just representing myself. So... But, um, huh. So, um, what what happened to me is that after I after I made my um, after after I under duress, I mean, I was the second time I you know I made and sort of said, well, I need to get my legal things in order before I can make an make an because I tried to do what what was suggested on the stop the cock audio. I, I contacted you after my first arraignment. Because at my, at my first arraignment, when I said, "Well, under what? What's your jurisdiction? What, you know, what? You know, what is the? You know, what's the nature and cause of of who and who is who is the one that is, is who's got the complaint against me and all this stuff I was trying to do?" Well, then they they were had all these answers and they said, it was Cal, "You violated some so and so California Vehicle Code, and you need to make a plea." And I was like, "Well, I can't make a plea. I'm not prepared to make a plea right now. I need to get more legal counsel if you're going to force me to make a plea." Okay, so then they, then I contacted you. You handed me, uh, you you sent me some motions to to file, and I wish I would have had those motions first on my very first arraignment, because then I would have still done the, what I what I said before is is under what jurisdiction are is this court? Please identify this court, and here's a motion before I, I you can you can even handle arra- arraignment because. Because, and I needed a ruling on this motion, and it was the motion to quash. And in that, there was all this, all this stuff about, about maybe you can describe what was in that motion to quash. Well, basically, a uh, couple of the things that are in there is, is it brings out the fact that according to the California uh, Penal Code, every case in California, every case tried in California is required to have a verified complaint. Right. And in traffic tickets, you almost never get a verified complaint. When when you, when you try to bring that up in court, they they hold the notice to appear up and say, "This is your complaint right here." Well, there's no signature from a district attorney on there, so that does not qualify as a verified complaint. Um, another thing that the um, motion to quash brings up is that. Uh, uh, the police officer is not qualified to practice law. Well, when you go to a traffic ticket, uh, traffic trial, most of the ones I've ever been to in California, it's just the judge, the police officer, and you. What's that mean? That, well, what that means is that the the police officer is acting as your prosecutor mm-hmm. and a witness against you at the same time, right. and that's a violation of law. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and the judge knows this, and so the judge, the police officer is violating the law, and the judge is violating the law. It's it's a royally corrupt uh, revenue system that they've got. Right, and that's where I wish I would have I would have had that motion because and, and then say before I can make any kind of plea because when you issue a statement, not guilty, guilty or no contest, then you are under their jurisdiction no matter what 
jurisdiction or court that they're running in. It doesn't matter anymore. You, you've you acknowledged it, and now you are subject to that. Right. And if you can, if I would have had that motion in, I don't even know how it works. And if they, if they say, well, we have to have a we have to have a plea before we can even look at or make a statement on any motions, mm-hmm. I st- because what happened was what my judge told me yesterday. He says. Oh well, this this motion is moot because you've you're um, you're already in our you, because you've already claimed not guilty and there's precedent set that it's there's some judge somewhere said that claiming not guilty is um, allowing um, it is giving them. Um, jurisdiction over you and, and allowing this 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 cop to to be your prosecutor and uh complainant right right uh yeah it, when uh i i tell all of my customers uh uh to file the motion first you mm-hmm. know when the when the uh, judge asks how do you plea and say well your honor i've got a motion to file with the court and you hand that four copies of that the original with three to the uh, bailiff he hands it to the judge and uh and uh usually the court clerk will stamp them and then hand you back three uh copy the three copies the the court will keep the original now every time i've done that uh the judge has denied the motion i don't worry about it because uh um i have other weapons up my sleeve that uh uh, caused me uh, to win uh, in my uh, myself and my customer uh, most of my customers with the exception of you Alan because you're you're you had a commercial license but, right uh, my commerce uh, my customers that have just regular uh, licenses uh, my win rate is usually 80 to 90 percent uh, let me just share with you, I've, I've been reading this book, and I'm almost finished with it. It's called The Right to Travel, License or Liberty. It's done by a Charles A. Weissman, and apparently it was, it was in the back, back in the state of uh, uh, Minnesota. And apparently, from what I gather, he, read, he won his case, but if you look in the law book, you'll never find it. Why is that? It's unpublished. Why don't they publish it? <laughs> oh, well, that's a damn good question, you know. <laughs> because they don't want people to learn how they can fight and win the system. It's just like, you know, I, ha- I have known for years that, that when someone wins against the IRS, mm-hmm. those cases go unpublished. The IRS wins, they publish all those cases. Right. Okay? And, and so... It was no surprise to me when I read in here that his case was unpublished. When I, you know, when I found out he won, mm-hmm. so uh, you know that shows you how how corrupt the court system is. And so, and it's not book, just in one state, but it's all across the country. What's the name and the author of the book? The name of the book is "Right to Travel: License or Liberty," and the author is Charles A. Weissman. And so, if you go to a law dictionary or all those records they have of all the laws and all the all the court stuff and the archives and you look up Wiseman you you probably won't find him um or he documented his his legal he, system. he he documented it in this book in that book okay so uh, and 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 in the situations where cases go unpublished mm-hmm. 
The only way the general public will ever find out about them is if the people that were involved in that case inform the public. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it is our duty and our responsibility as citizens of this country to inform the, the rest of the country when things like that happen. Uh, otherwise, you know, call, uh, call me mean and, and, and cruel, but if you're, not gonna, if you're not willing to do that kind of crap, get the hell out of this country, man. Just get the hell out of here. We don't need commies in this country. Excuse me. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I feel. Well, now, when I, my wife was talking to me yesterday, and she was just like, well, it seems she sort of portrayed me and my resistance to um, to being, you know, engaged in this, you know, this process of law and and um, stuff like that as sort of a quixotic journey I was tilting you know tilting at windmills and the, it just is the way it is and when you sign your name on that license you're you're basically agreeing to everything in the California vehicle code and following all those laws and aren't the, you know and don't why can't you just accept things I, the way I, they I, are I'm, I'm yeah. sorry I'm sorry but I disagree with you that was my wife's talking. She I, told I, me. <laughs> I, I, I understand the philosophy, and I disagree with your wife. Okay, when when we got our when we got our state driver's licenses, we got it under the assumption that we had to do that. Right. Okay. Because that's what the state was telling us. Right. That's fraud. Okay. And they know it's fraud, and and they're running scared. Okay. Uh. I I do not have California plates on my vehicle. Okay. I I I am a member of the Pambina Nation or Pimbina Nation Little Shell Band of North Dakota. They put out their own license plates. And all three of my vehicles have license plates from from uh Little Shell. Now, um <clears throat> They also put out a right to travel card, which is supposed to replace your driver's license. I'm and now, do I have to be? I mean, it sounds like a Native American tribe, or I'm, I'm not familiar with that with that group. I mean, do you have to be a member of that group to get something like that, or get those get that license or that that plate? Well, you know, when when people come here to a, from from Asia or different countries, uh-huh. and, and they become a citizen of this country, right? How do you think they do that? By reading the Constitution and swearing an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. No, that well, that that's 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 what they have to do in, in order. But but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, okay. Now let, let let me read the back of my ID card here. Okay. The National Indian Government, Grand National Council of Confederated Nations. Reestablished in July of 1945, in order to register every Indian in North America with registration card, grants the rights and privileges hereunder to Indians of North America. Number one, grants to Indians, half-breeds, and those who will become naturalized the right to live under the tutelage of the new Indian government. Okay, those those people that come from from uh, Asia or 
Europe or something. They become naturalized citizens. Right. So they're adopted, okay? Sure. They're adopted into this country. And and so essentially what this is saying is you can be adopted into the tribe. Okay. Okay, and it goes on. And it's got some some other points here. Every Indian has the right to travel uh right to uh explore all of the North American continent as a hunter, fisherman, and trapper. He she has the privilege of camping where it is convenient without causing any damage to the occupants. Now let me tell you a story. About a month or so ago, I was in my motorhome up in Brea. I was doing a job up there, and what I usually do uh, when I'm doing that kind of stuff is at the end of the day, I'll drive over to a store parking lot, stay there till about ten, ten thirty, drive back over to the area where I where I want to park. You know, a residential street. Find an find an empty spot. Pull up, park, go back, go to sleep. Uh-huh. Well, there was a park right there close to where we were doing the job, and I don't know why, but for one reason or another, one night I didn't, I didn't wait until ten o'clock or ten thirty. I came back about eight o'clock, and I was going to park there next to the park, but lo and behold, there was a ball game going on at the park, and there was no no place to park. Okay. So I had to go a block or two over, and <clears throat> I found an empty spot next next to the side of a house at the end of a street so I pulled up and parked went into the back of my motorhome and I'm sitting there all of a sudden I hear this young kid outside reading my license plate aloud and I thought oh man they're going to call the cops so I waited for a little while and I step outside to investigate turns out right there at the end of the street behind where I parked there's an elementary school now, I've only had this motorhome for under a year, uh-huh. and and the people that I bought it from, it just they they had put teacher's pet on the back of it. Now I don't know if that had anything to do with what happened uh, that night, but anyway, I stepped back in my motorhome and I'm I'm sitting there on my bed. And through the crack in my curtains, I can see the people across the street from where I parked. They'd come out of their house, and they're watering their lawn, and they're talking about my vehicle. And I probably should have gone up and gotten the driver's seat and drove off right then and there, but I didn't. I was tired. It had been a hot day. So I stripped down in my underwear, and I laid down. I Well, you know, I fell asleep. You know, I wasn't going to be there, but two hours at the most, you know, I was going to... 10, 1030 I was going to move back over to the park uh, you know after the ball game was over so anyway there I am sound asleep 10.30 anybody in here shining lights in the windows you know I woke me up I was disoriented I yelled out let me get my pants on no I got out of here right now dummy me I didn't grab my pants or my cell phone as I went out, I come out in my underwear, and he makes me sit down on the curb. And I'm, because I'm half asleep, I'm not fully in control of my capacities. You know, I let out a couple of farts, and he starts giving me holy hell about that. Then he starts giving me holy hell about my license plates not being valid license plates and whatnot. You know, 
uh, or whatever, you know. He asked for me for asked me for my name, so I told him my full name as it as it appears on my California driver's license. And uh, then he says, "You got any weapons inside?" I says, "Yeah, I got a crossbow in there, but I don't have any bolts for it." And about that time, another officer shows up. He walks up and he says, "Where in the hell do you find the VIN number on one of these things?" They had no idea. I don't have any idea where to find the VIN number on the damn thing myself, you know. So, anyway, uh, the officer that got there first, he 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 goes inside my motorhome without even asking me, you know. He he finds my wallet, and my wallet's got a zipper on it. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot to say that. You know, he he asked me where my ID was, and I says it's in my wallet in the pants, in the pocket of my pants that's on the floor inside because you wouldn't let me get my pants on. Um, that was that's what he uh, 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 that's what he asked. did. I say that before? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. you said it, but you could didn't want you didn't want him to get your pants on or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he said that before he asked me if there was any weapons inside. Um. Anyway, so he goes inside, and, and I, my wallet's got a zipper on it, and it was closed. And it, as I understand the law, maybe I'm wrong, but if an officer opens a wallet that's got a zipper on it without a warrant, that's breaking and entering. Okay? Anyway, he opened it up, and there's a picture place there, and I got my old... VA card there uh-huh. in that picture thing, and then you open it up where the money goes, and and I've got another card holder. It's got my new VA card in it, a bunch of library cards in it, and then right behind that was my uh, Pan Pembina Nation Little Shell ID card. He pulled every one of the cards out of this card holder that was in in where the money goes. Okay, and then he came back out. And he says, so what's your name? And I looked at him and I said, well, it depends on which ID you're looking at, sir. If you're looking at my Pimbina Nation, the little shell ID card, it says Chief David Plum. He kind of stepped back just a little bit and he says, well, the only reason we're in the neighborhood is because somebody called and complained. We're not going to arrest you or tow your vehicle. Just get the hell out of here! (laughs) But before that point, I had the strong feeling they were looking for something to arrest me on. Okay, he said, "Get the hell out of here." I I didn't argue. I jumped in that motor in, in that driver's seat. Didn't put my pants on. Nothing. I started that sucker up. I drove back over to the park. Ball game was over. I pulled up and parked. I went back and I started looking in my wallet. Now, as I said before, when you open it up and you see my old VA card uh-huh. and the picture thing. Behind it. (laughs) Behind my old VA card was my California driver's license. He never even saw it. So he had no jurisdiction over me. Right. But one of the reasons why I have gone the route of becoming a, a, a Little Shell member is because of the corruption of the state's where you have to register your vehicle every stinking year. Yeah. These these plates from 
uh, little shell. Once you got the plates on your vehicle, they're good for as long as you own the vehicle. You don't have to re-register every year. So, and it only costs fifty dollars. So you know you're saving hundred over the years. You could be saving hundreds of bucks. Uh huh. And I mean, tell me a little bit more about that Pembia. Pembina Nation. Pembina Nation. Uh, I got. Oh, cool. I'll give you that, and uh, it's P E M B I N A Nation. And here's an application for. Oh, great! Perfect. Yeah. To become a member. I think I will. All right. Cool. Uh, so, anyway, these this tribe is out of North Dakota. And uh, that, that, those letters I just said, P M B I N A Nation. Uh, is also an email address at hotmail.com so you can well, send them an email don't 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 use that email address I'm going to have to give you a new email address <laughs> okay uh, don't use that email um, and uh, there's a different website than what's on that paper that I showed you I'll have to give you that too I'll have to email that to you I don't have it with me okay. right now uh, but anyone that's interested um let me just share my phone number. It is 949-275-8542. My email address is chiefdavid at hotmail.com. If, you're, have, if you have a problem with a traffic ticket, you want some help, I'd be, I'd be glad to help you. If you're interested in going the Little Shell route and, and trying to get out of their corrupt system, then I can also email you an application to become a member of the tribe. Hmm. Um, but I would advise you uh, not to get plates on your vehicle until you know enough about the law right. and uh, about who you are and yourself uh, to be able to uh, convince the officer. Okay, right. I have I have a friend in Orange County. He has done UCC. Okay. Uniform Uniform Commercial Code. Okay. He has a uh, UCC plate on his vehicle. Oh, he does. The other day, an officer pulled... He he, he had pulled off the side of the road to look at his map book. And an officer pulled up alongside of him and said, So where's your license plate at? My friend responded, That is it. This vehicle is privately registered with the Secretary of State. That officer says, Sounds good to me. Off he went. Okay. I, I've got another friend in the L.A. Orange County area who has no driver's license and has not had one for, for some time. Uh-huh. He is a Vietnam vet. He flew. He was a fighter pilot, or uh, he flew missions in Vietnam. Put it that way. I, I don't know if it was a fighter plane or what, but anyway, he's been pulled over probably uh, half a dozen times. And the officer, when the officer asks him why he doesn't have a driver's license, he responds, well, you know, I won't go into collusion with the state of California to subvert the Constitution of the United States of America. He pulls out his picture, a picture of him in front of the plane that he flew in Vietnam, his discharge papers that he was honorably discharged, and he goes into this 
and I, and I don't know the whole uh, sequence of uh, right. or the whatever he says, but he, some of what he says is you know that the Constitution of the United States says that no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin in payment of debt. Well, these officers that uh, work for the state, they're not paid in gold or silver coin. So who 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 are they really working for? They must not be working for the state, as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know, if they're if they're getting paid with uh, ferns, you know, uh, um, or uh, checks or whatever it is, you know, because uh, and 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 he goes on and on and 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 by the time he's through, the officers thanking him and sending him on his way without a ticket. But that's because he knows who he is, right? And knows how to dish it out right okay now as uh, for all of you people out there that are thinking well i can't become a member of the pambina nation i'm not a native american let me ask you where were you born were you born in china (laughs) were you born in uh, europe if you were born here in america by god you're a native american you got to stop thinking in the box that the government gives you to think in and think outside of the box okay so yes, you are a Native American, okay? Huh. You know yeah. uh, what about the, what to talk to when, when the cops pull you over? Um, one one of the suggestions on that stop the cop audio later on is like after they went go through their whole spiel. It's like, is it, and you can also mess with cops, or I don't know how how they they phrase it, <laughs> but you can say when they ask for your license and registration, you can say, is this going to be are these documents going to be used against me in a court of law? I, I would advise that. Yeah, and they I say, and, and they'll say yes, and they say, "Well, then I take my fifth, use my Fifth Amendment rights to prevent, uh, uh, you know, incriminating myself, and I'm not going to offer you any documentation because you've already said yeah. that you're going to use it against me." So. Let me let me share this with you. If you if you have somebody with you besides yourself when you get pulled over, mm-hmm. uh, and you have a cell phone, uh, I would try this. Okay. Roll your window down so it's only about an inch and a half down, you know. Lock okay. all your doors. And the officer comes up and... Turn the car off. And turn the car put off. Put the keys up on and the put dash. Put the keys up on the dash, yeah, exactly. And and, and when, you, when you ask if you were being put under arrest, asking... Uh, first of all, when they pull you over, you need to ask them... Uh, um, what the probable cause is. Right. Okay? Um, and uh, if you had a recorder in the car, that would even be better. You know, turn the recorder on. Right. And record everything. Because you can use all this stuff in, uh, in court, you know. Yeah, what amazes... One of the things that amazes me about these courts in California is, is that the... The law says that there are courts of record, but you can't take a re- uh, tape recorder. I tried on my first arraignment. I tried to bring a recording device, and I and she, the judge, just got you, really upset you know, at me. You can't take a tape recorder in there and record the session. Uh, they tell you, well, we'll provide you with the record. Well, excuse me, they're the government. Right. They'll delete parts that they don't want you to have. Right. You know? So... But you know you're getting to you're getting to something really important where where you say about probable cause, and you know am I under arrest, those kinds of things. And if if I'm not under arrest, then I'm free to go. Oh, okay. Right. Well, bye. Right. Exactly. Now 
Here's another. Here's another thing I want to share with you. I used to. I'm a. I've been a bit actor. Okay. Okay. I know how easy it is for somebody to put on a uniform and and obtain a car that looks like a police car. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Right. You know. So you know they come up to you and they ask for your ID. What ID do they have? Mm-hmm. You know. You know. And I've done that one. T- this one time, I got pulled over. It was a female motorcycle officer in uh, Lake Forest, and uh, she 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 came up and she says, uh, "Pulled you over because you're not wearing your seatbelt. Can I see your driver's license, registration, and proof of insurance?" I leaned back in my seat and I says, "Well, can I see your ID?" Boy, man, she went friggin' ballistic. She pointed at her badge. That's my. Whoa, man! Somebody pissed in her Cheerios this morning, you know. And I I didn't make anything out of it. I I gave her my ID and everything, and went to court and kicked her ass in court, man. <laughs> so you know, but yeah, you know when I when I first started getting pulled over, I hated it. But nowadays, I get pulled over, I have fun with it. You know, I I I try to try to stretch the limit and. And uh, learn new things. Now, I I ran into a homeless person in Costa Mesa, um, and he was telling me, you know, in Costa Mesa, the cops are just there. Anybody caught sleeping in their vehicle by the cops are getting tickets for wow. sleeping in their vehicle. Hmm. Well, this this guy he sleeps in his vehicle, and and the officer he he tells me every time the officers he's a born again Christian, you know, every time the cops come up to him and. He says, "Well, God bless you. You're doing God's work, you know." And 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 I haven't. I don't know all of what he says, but you know, by the time he's through talking to him, you know, he, he's so confident in in being a Christian and whatnot that they don't bother to give him a ticket. Hmm. So, uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say here in all these different stories is, you need to know how to talk to the officer. Right. You need to know who you are. You need to know how to respond in a respectful manner. Right. And and in a way that will convince them that that they need to go elsewhere, you know. Right. Uh, may the force be with you, you right. know, sort of thing, you know. Convince them Wars, of so. their so- of your of your own sovereignty. Exactly. You need to be so strong in your own sovereignty uh, as as a natural man, you know, or woman to be able to communicate that to them. So that they go, oh, I see. You are sovereign. Okay, <laughs> go back. You know, keep right. doing what you're doing. Right. But um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll tell another anecdote since it's up right now about what happened to me, which I thought was interesting because uh, on on the I, I got the, my postponement, my first arraignment, my, my the second arraignment where I was I felt compelled or forced to make a plea. Uh, the 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 judge noticed that I was a commercial driver and. Um, and he said, oh, well, since there's this new rule where you're not allowed to take a traffic court, you probably don't want this on your record. And I was like, yes, that's right. I don't. Uh, well, he said, and then he says, well, how about this? And 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 how about we? you just pay the fine and uh, I'll prevent it so that you, I'll make it so that you don't, they don't see any, the insurance people, no one sees your, your, uh, your points on your, on your uh, record. Now, it, and then I was like, I was feeling proud. And I think I had too much hubris at that moment. And I said, no, I, I feel like that's my big mistake. I should have just said, okay, fine. I really should have done that then. Uh, 
but I didn't. I was feeling um, like I was going to win. I was had all these, you know, I had these motions and I had all this stuff that I was going to do. And so um, I said no. And then, then yesterday when I was in the court, after he, you know, said I was guilty and all this stuff, and I was to pay, and I was like, well, can you please make it so that it doesn't? These points don't appear on my record. He said, I have no ability to do that. I have no jurisdiction over what the DMV does. Well, someone here is lying. Either the first guy was lying or the second guy was lying. Of course. And well, you see, I was just he, like, he, he was trying to get you to he was trying to get you uh, to go ahead and get into their uh, uh, grip. You know, the first guy. The first guy. He yeah. just wanted me to get, get the pay because that was cheaper than having to bring the the officer and, down. And and it, and and he may have been able to do do that at that point, but after trial, uh, that option is no longer there. I see. See, that's that's one of the tricks that they use to try to get people to go ahead and pay the fine, right? Rather than go to trial, right? Okay. And one of the reasons why I used to do this is extension stuff and then get extensions by saying that I wanted to plead not guilty but I didn't have any money to pay the bill was because every time you go to court, it costs them money. And I figured, well, if they're going to get money out of me, I'm going to make it cost them just as damn much as I can. Right. You know. But then somewhere along the way, I did that for like half a dozen times and then they they changed and they started letting me go OR to trial. So when uh, when I did that, when they did that, then I couldn't get those two extra extensions. Mm-hmm. So I had to come up with a new technique uh, to win mm-hmm. because you know. And, what, and another reason why I was doing the extension stuff like that was because I heard it somewhere that if you can get your trial date extended past six months from the date of the incident that the officer will not show up uh i have no proof of that but uh you know it seemed to work pretty pretty well for me most of the time Mm -hmm. because by the time by the time i got the first two extensions and then the second two and then the trial date that's six months down the road you know and the officer you know uh well either actually i'm i i got that a little backwards the the officer usually figures that if it's you know, that it's taken care of within six months, so he he does he gets rid of the paperwork and and when he gets rid of the paperwork, then he doesn't have any reason to show up because he doesn't have the paperwork. Or right. Something. But uh, I don't I don't I don't know the truth of that. It's just something I heard. Right. But uh, I, I wonder if I could share another incident. Yeah, with please. You. Uh, this is off the subject of uh, traffic tickets, but one time I was living in. Uh, in uh, Monterey Park, and uh, I was—I wasn't working at the time. I was married to a little girl from Thailand at the time, um, which is no longer the case. But anyway, um, I had gone out one day with oh two or three plastic bags. And I was going down the street, you know, these little right rectangular re- recycling containers that the, you know, that the that the city gives you to put oh. your recycle uh-huh. recyclables in. I was taking aluminum cans and plastic bottles out of these uh, containers. Okay. You know, so I could go turn them in and for cash. You know? Right. 
Um, well, in in Monterey Park, it's a private agency that picks these things up. It's not the city. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and so the agent it's saw... A good, good hustle. Yeah, the agent <laughs> saw me, and he called the cops. And the cops got there just as I was about to go up the stairs to my apartment complex. Uh, they made me throw down my bags... And uh, they browbeat a confession out of me, and then once they got a confession out of me, they they turned to the agent who happened to show up, and they said, this gentleman has something to say to you. And the agent, I'm sitting there on the curb, and the agent couldn't look at me. He was looking down and away from me. I place you under citizen's arrest. I didn't have my my ID on me. It was in my vehicle up in the parking lot at my complex. Uh-huh. And uh, so as a result, they hauled me off to jail. Which my 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 lovely little Thai wife did not appreciate too much. She was scared to death. She didn't know what the hell was going on. And my parents at the time lived down in Long Beach. They, they came up and... and uh, helped her uh, get my ID out of my vehicle and uh, bring it down to the police station so I could get released OR. Well, as as they're driving me to the police station, the senior partner told his junior partner, the reason the city's so hot on this is because the city splits the proceeds 50-50 with the disposal company. Oh. Now, <laughs> now imagine, imagine this. The city charges the residents... To empty these recycling containers. Okay? And then when they split the proceeds from the disposal company, they make is uh, that much again. Right. On the materials. On the materials the being, material. re- being, being sold to the recycling companies, whatever. Right. Um, now, they claim that the, cit- the citizens are supposed to get a rebate on that. I've never seen it happen. I don't think it does happen. Now, these little recycling baskets, rectangular baskets in Monterey Park, all they said on them was, on one side they said said, Monterey Park Recyclables in big letters. Uh On the other side, in very small print, said Athens Disposal, and it had the phone number. Okay. Okay. Well, when the cops uh, were driving me to the uh, police station, they said that about it be- this, them splitting the proceeds with the disposal company. It was like a light went off in my head. And so the, as soon as I could, after I got out of jail, I went to City Hall. They, they, they gave me a ticket. Uh, uh, had some... Mini- uh, a city code on it. I don't. I don't remember the code number. Anyway, I went to the uh, city hall and I said, "Let me see a copy of this code." I'm doing some research. And they pulled out the book and uh-huh. opened it up to the page. I didn't even read it. I just started turning the pages backwards. After a little bit, something jumped off the page and hit me right between the eyes. It said, "All containers." All recyclable containers provided by the collector to the residents shall have a warning label in Chinese, 
Spanish, and English, stating it's a crime to remove items from the container. <laughs> no such label on any of the uh, any of the containers. Now, uh, and then I asked them about that code, and they said, "Oh, that's for commercial recycling containers." Well, they lied to me there too, right? Because I found recycle uh, commercial recycling containers that had nothing on it but Monterey Park recyclables and Athens disposal. So uh, I took pictures of the containers, both the commercial and the residential. I uh, copied the codes. I went and took pictures of uh, signs, uh, two-hour parking in the list municipal code, three-hour parking in the list municipal code. I copied the codes for the for the parking. I got all that. I and and I tried to hire a public defender, uh-huh. and uh, I wanted him to file the motion to quash for me. He says, "Oh, I can't file that." I said, "Well, you're fired. Then I'll handle this on my own." Why could well because he's an agent of the court? Exactly, he's an agent of the court. He's not going to file something like they that. They call them attorneys because their job is to turn the money over to the to the judge. Yeah, but he's supposed to be my attorney, <laughs> not the attorney for the court. Yeah, but th- their first—I mean, their first, uh, their first um, loyalty is to the court uh, and then to their clients. Second. Yeah, but they don't tell the clients no, that. They don't exactly. So anyway, um, I fired him and. Uh, I went to uh, went to L.A. Now in in L.A., the recycling containers, the little yellow, in, in Monterey Park they were purple, but in, in L.A. before they went to the big trash cans, they were little. They were yellow rectangular baskets about the size of a milk cart, uh, that the cart that the milk comes in, you know. Mm-hmm. And on one end, it had a paragraph in English stating that it's a crime to remove items from the container and listing the code that you would be cited for if you were caught. On the other end, it had a paragraph in Spanish saying the same thing. Okay. I took pictures of those containers. I took pictures of the trash cans in L.A. because they said uh, property of the city of L.A. Now, they didn't arrest people for taking things out of the trash cans, but they did arrest people for taking things out of the uh, recycling containers. Then I went to Long Beach. Now, in Long Beach, they were blue, and they had a paragraph on there stating the container and the contents are property of the city of Long Beach, and it listed the code that you would be cited for if you took anything out. Now, it didn't actually say it was a crime to take anything out of it, but at least it l- said that the prop- it was the property of the city. Okay, and then I took pictures of the trash cans in Long Beach because they say property of the city of Long Beach, and they didn't arrest people in Long Beach for taking things out of the trash cans. So, I had all this information when I went into court. And uh, the DA, he, he took me into a council room, and he says, how are you going to handle this? Oh, I says, I'm going to fight it all the way to the end. And they wanted $370 out of me for the few cans and bottles that I took. Uh-huh. And uh, so I guess the DA had gone and told the judge that I was going to fight it and they must have decided I had something up my sleeve or something because when the judge called my case he says do you want to go into chambers with me and the DA and I said sure no problem 
I walk back there. I open up my briefcase, set it on. I set it on his desk and open up my briefcase. I start pulling out copies of the codes. I start to copy the, the copies of the photographs and everything. That judge was impressed, man. Uh, and he says, "I think we ought to put him on probation until the end of the year." Now, <laughs> looking back, I probably should have taken that, you know. But I says, "No, nah, uh-uh. I want to get that agent up on the stand and ask him why his he's in violation of the code." Now, here's another interesting point, you know. <laughs> when 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 I got the uh, the uh, arrest record. You know, the, the when the the the, uh, the uh, the public defender got me my arrest record or the police report, whatever, there was a page missing. That the page that was missing was the page that listed the witnesses. Huh. And and I finally found I finally got the page that was missing that listed three or four police officers as witnesses. When I went to court, the only person that was there as a witness was the agent from the disposal company. He wasn't even listed on the witness list. Why not? Why didn't you say that? I, I haven't got a clue, man. I haven't got a clue, but he wasn't listed. Hmm. And so anyway, um, where was I now? Well, you're going to court. Where uh, you finally, you, oh, you yeah. finally came uh, and he was... I, 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 I says, no, I want to get that agent up on the stand and ask him why he's in violation of the code. This poor DA, he had no idea that this was in the code, okay? And uh, Now, what, what was the violation that you were, you were calling him out on, that agent? Uh, the, the violation I was cited for was for taking aluminum cans and plastic bottles out of recycling containers. I don't, I don't know the exact... The Sorry. exact the exact wording of it or anything like that, but what it was, I can't remember. It's been a few years, uh-huh. but uh, um, you know, and and for them to try to extract three hundred and seventy dollars out of me, it just right. It was just unreasonable, unreasonable punishment as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So uh, when I presented all this stuff, you know. This this DA says I gotta go make a phone call. <laughs> I assume he went and called the city uh, because the the court was actually in Alhambra and the city was uh, Monterey Park. Okay. Um. So he went and called the city, and then he 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 came back into the uh, courtroom. And took the agent from the disposal company into a council room. I was standing out in the hallway. This, after they got through with their meeting, this agent from the disposal company, he was madder than hell. He stormed out of that building. He was, boy, man, he was pissed. <laughs> and so I went back into the courtroom. The judge called my case. and He says, we can't try your case today. And I should have said, why not? I saw the witness just leave. I demand you dismiss this case on the spot. Right. That's right. what I should have said, but I didn't do that. You know, I was at this at, at the time I was doing this stuff, I was still in my learning right. uh, learning phase, you know. So so I made I made I made a few mistakes. And and then uh a week later they they called me 
and told me to come into court. Well, the night before I went into court, I'd been up late, my uh, uh, doing something. You know, I I I don't remember what it was I was doing. So I went into court, and I was my mind wasn't all there, you know. Right. Uh, basically, and. And the uh, DA took me into the council room, and he says, uh, "We can't dismiss this, but what we can do is we can reduce it to uh, uh, disturbing the peace, no jail time, no fine." And I says, "Okay, I guess I can live with that." So, in other words, I didn't have to pay anything. Right. It was still a win for the DA, but uh, I won because I didn't have to pay anything. Right. Uh, so. But uh, had I had I known more, uh, what I know now, I would have done things a lot differently. Right. I would have fought it a lot harder. That's a that's a good story. The uh, right now in, in San Diego, they're having uh, they're they're trying. It's a big deal about uh, letting homeless sleep on the street or not uh-huh. and they're they're busting people for sleeping on the street and uh you know the shop owners don't like people sleeping on their on their door sills i guess and um and well yeah i can i can understand sure. the the uh, shop owners not wanting homeless people sleeping in front of their businesses and stuff like mm-hmm. that but you know these shop owners need to fucking I, i'm sorry excuse my language need to wake up you know our founding fathers said that if we ever allow a central bank to control the finances of this country, that we will have homeless people in our country. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going on. It's directly at the hands of the Federal Reserve Bank. Yep. You know, if if, our, if the people of this country don't wake up and realize that we need to destroy the Federal Reserve Bank and get rid of it mm-hmm. and get back to the constitutional form of money... And have the Congress controlling our money instead of these these international bankers who have no uh, 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 patriotism for this country whatsoever. Right. Then uh, you know we're going to have our problems are going to increase in this country. I'm sorry to say it, but that's just the cold hard facts. You know, I was I was really optimistic for a while there with that uh, new film coming out, the America Freedom to Fascism film. That's a damn good film. Yeah, damn good. Film. I actually caught it on the internet before uh, it got pulled. I mean, it was on there for like a couple of days before the copyright infringement. Let, let me let me share our website with you. Okay, I, I think you'll find it very interesting. Uh, www. Carmack K A R M I C dash P plight. P L I G H T P P plight P I'm sorry P light I'm P L I G H T C A R M I C no K oh K karmic karmic I see karmic as in K right karmic plight karmic plight karmic dash plight okay dot com okay slash oh. Uh, there, there, well, you, there you go. You got it. Oh, okay. I guess you don't have to do all that other stuff. Okay, now scroll down just a little bit. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You scroll down to the... Right, right, right. Wait, wait, wait. Go back up. Go back. You went down too far. That's the top. 
No, that's okay. That's not the right one. Oh, okay. You got a slash on there? Yeah. You need to go uh, uh, slash. Uh, how's that? HTML uh-huh. slash movies dot HTML. There and it comes up nine eleven facts and cover ups. Okay. Now scroll down to the second picture. This one? Right there, right there. JFK? Right there, yeah. Uh, the picture hasn't come up yet, but it will. That uh, and you you hit play. That's about a twenty to thirty minute thing. Back in April of nineteen sixty one, Kennedy gave this speech. I think it was, if I remember right, to the media in the Waldorf Hosteria. Waldorf Hosteria, however you say that. Waldorf Astoria. Hotel there in. I think that's in New York, right? Yeah. And this is the real reason why he was killed. Because he was talking about secret societies in government Mm -hmm. and in society and how he was not going to tolerate them. Right. The Federal Reserve is a secret society. Yeah. And so is the IRS. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't the IRS just the collection agency for the Federal Reserve? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the IRS does have, if you want to get technical, the IRS does have some legal uh, duties. That of collecting tobacco taxes, firearm taxes, and alcohol taxes, which are all Title 27. Income tax is Title 26. There are no penalty phases in Title 26. So every person that's been convicted of uh, IRS problems... Has they have done it by using penalty phases from Title Twenty Seven? So when I talk to my dad, let me just t- tell you something. I talk to my dad about all this stuff about how the Federal Reserve and and it's basically a cartel of the international banks and the IRS. There is no law that states that I need to pay wages on uh, on taxes on my wages. Um, and he's like, "Well, the Sixteenth Amendment, the Sixteenth Amendment, blah blah blah. You know, that's the law. That's the law. That is the law." So, well, sadly, uh, <laughs> what he, would you say to my dad when when you say the sixteenth amendment? I would say I would say he is sadly wrong. You see, because uh, I know this man personally. His name is William uh, or Bill Benson. Okay, he's written a two-volume book, and these are these they're about an inch thick, and they're like. Eight and a half by eleven size pages, and the book is called "The Law That Never Was." He at the he he was in the Illinois State Tax Agency mm-hmm. in the fraud division, and he went to every state that was a member of the union in 1913, or uh, whenever the 13th Amendment or 16th Amendment was supposedly ratified. It was around there. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around that time frame, okay? He went to every state that was a member of the Union at that time, and he obtained over 17,000 notarized, certified documents proving that the 16th Amendment was never properly ratified. So the 16th... And, and when, as I understand it, 
when uh, when they put the 16th Amendment in, uh, Secretary uh, Knox of the Treasury said it appears that the 16th Amendment has been ratified. Well, excuse me, but you cannot go into court and say it appears that that Allen here robbed the Farmers and Merchant Bank. Right. You have to prove that he robbed the Farmers and Merchant Bank, you know? Right. Uh, you know, if, if somebody went into court and accused him like that, he would be laughed out of court. So, you know, so our government committed fraud on us by by telling us that the 16th Amendment was ratified when it was not. Okay, and then the 17th Amendment is the amendment that turns se- senator uh, changes the, the status of senators from being elected by the state legislatures to being elected by the people. And by doing that, they have taken the the concerns. Uh, they have turned the uh, turned it to the point so that the senators not con- are, are not concerned about the needs of the state. They're concerned about the people. Right. And and that that totally throws the Constitution up in the air. I mean, it, it's 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 a it's the most flagrant violation of the Constitution, as far as I'm concerned. But Bill Benson has also proved that the Seventeenth Amendment was never properly ratified. Here's another interesting point, as far as the the Sixteenth Amendment. Um, uh, if you look at other amendments after the Sixteenth Amendment. There'll be a clause at the end of the amendment saying Congress shall have the. Uh, I I don't remember the exact wording. Uh, Congress shall have the ability to uh, uh, enforce this amendment by appropriate legislation. Uh-huh. There is no such clause on the Sixteenth Amendment. Congress has no authority whatsoever on the Sixteenth Amendment. Huh. None whatsoever, and they know it. That's why they never put that clause on there. So who does have any authority to to enforce that? No one. Hmm. So basically, what I was saying about when I brought up that that film that's that's coming out, I, I was really at first really optimistic. I, I did see it when it was on the internet uh, briefly. I guess it's probably still is. You can, I'm sure you can find it. I can get copies of it. I've got I, I've got a copy of it on DVD. But but I'm just fr- for me, I'm frustrated because they had all this promise, like they were going to oh, it was going to go from. It was going to play in theaters. It's going to be. It was going to be like Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9/11. You know, it was going to well, be like really big, and 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 it was see, going to there's, change, there's, you know, get a groundswell of people getting aware of the Fed and the IRS, and and it just sort of there's there's a difference between there's a difference between Alan Russo's film and Mark, Michael Moore's film. Michael's well, Mike, sure. <laughs> Mike, Michael Michael Moore's film did not have the truth in it. Okay. <laughs> Michael Moore's film was just a bitch film, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, saying we need to get rid of Bush. Right. Okay. Right. Right. So, Alan, Alan Russo's film has the truth in it. Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to think about this. Why was Christ killed? Uh, he was making life difficult for the, uh, the powers to be. And why he, is it? When, why was that? He was offering truth and freedom to the people. You just hit the nail on the head. Truth. He was killed because he had the truth. Mm-hmm. Alan Russo's film is being killed because it is the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, getting back to this law that never was okay. by Bill okay. Benson. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I have evidence. And Bill provided me with this evidence um, that uh, I forget his name now someone that claimed to be working for and with Senator Orrin Hatch uh, uh, called Reverend Dixon and Reverend Dixon, by the way, is the uh, pastor of that Baptist church that was confiscated by the IRS not uh, a, f- a few years back. Oh, okay. Okay, and so Reverend Dixon, Dixon was a witness to this, and 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 this person, uh, when he got Bill Benson on the phone, uh, offered to buy. Every single book that he had published, but with that offer, he had to turn uh, uh, hand over the manuscript, and he could never talk about what was in the book mm. again. Bill Benson told him, "This book is not for sale. America is not for sale. My children are not for sale, and you are one of the bastards, uh, or something or other." You know, I I can't remember the exact wording, but uh, he told him to go to hell. Basically told him to go to hell. The government wanted to to, uh, prevent that information from getting out to the general public. Mm -hmm. Okay? And and people are brainwashed in mass and educated one at a time, unfortunately. Right. You know? um, So... Um, if you have a, a, and also if you've heard of Joe Bannister, yeah, yeah, I know, I know that man personally too. He's a damn good man. I heard the CD that they hand out at the Freedom Law School hands out of right. his presentation. Right, it's really yeah, powerful. It, it, it is. Now the the they tried the IRS tried to convict him for helping businesses uh, get out of the system of of. Uh, Taking taxes out of their employees, mm-hmm. uh, and they lost. The IRS lost their case, hmm. and and uh, I heard him speak after this uh, the ending of the case, and his attorneys were there. And both Joe and his attorneys felt that the IRS is going to try to give it another shot. They're going to go after him again, mm-hmm. and they probably will. I mean, everybody that everybody that's a leader in the freedom movement has to pay their dues. I mean, look at Irwin Shift. He's in jail right now. He's been in jail more than once, you know. And when he comes out, he'll still continue to preach. What he preaches. Now, I don't agree with everything Aaron Schiff says. You know, I don't agree with the zero tax return. Why fill out a tax return at all? You know, right. But uh, that's that's what he believes. His principles are correct. Uh, There's another guy, Peter Hendrickson, I had on my show, and he his his book uh, is called Cracking the Code and uh, Cracking the Code. I've heard of that book. Well, uh, I haven't had a chance to read it. It's and, and it's really it's a really well written book. But his his whole thesis is that 
the, by their own in, in the in the IRS code, they have definitions. They they define all their terms, right? And the definitions of the term um, eliminate you from but because by what they mean when they say wages, uh-huh. what they mean by when they say income, an right. employer, an right. employee, right. that means all federal income. That means any if you if you're a federal employee, then you're then you're liable to to under the, their laws. Right. 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 Uh, but since you're not a federal employee, you're not liable for any kind of thing. So what he suggests to do is that there's a form in the IRS code called 4852, and okay. you and you do. He says fill out your your thing, but just and it's what what that form is. It's a it's the W two correction form. Uh-huh. And so you have all your W twos from your employer. You go well. Actually, they say that I I made this in wages and income, but I didn't. Under the definitions that are provided, I made zero. And so you correct, you go through and basically zero out all those numbers. And so yeah. you, you made, quote, zero income okay. according that's, to them. That's that's and, all that's all well and good, but you can't, by doing that process, you can't zero out your uh, uh, um, Social Security. He, I don't think. He says you can't. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But... but uh, Anyway, anyway since we're on that subject, right. uh, Larkin Rose also is in jail. Oh, really? And, and I don't know if you know about him, but he he produced uh, a video called uh, Theft by Deception. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and the IRS went in and raided his place and took all of his videos once before he was arrested, okay? Uh-huh. And, and, and he probably could have stayed out of jail, but he was... He was proud, and he wanted to argue his case when he should have uh, handled. It. I think he should have handled it differently. But, mm-hmm. but beside uh, that, um, beside the point, uh, getting back to the video, theft by deception. And in, in in that video, he explains how the original, the original revenue code said that the re- income tax was for foreign citizens and foreign corporations. Right. Okay. Now, remember what I was telling you about Matthew 17? Mm-hmm. And how the children are free, but the foreigners are taxed? Mm-hmm. There's your answer right there, mm-hmm. see? Now, without changing the law, they took that wording out. They made it. They moved it around and hid it. You know, it's still there. You can still find it if you look hard enough. But most people are not going to spend the time and trouble to look for it. Well, you know, I even even though I was, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on my learning curve too. I, I am sort of new to this whole this whole movement and this whole I, all these ideas are still really new to me and really fresh. And and I can tell you, sitting in that thing yesterday. It was really overwhelming and really intimidating, oh. and I know they play on that whole intimidation oh, thing and that yeah. fear, and people just don't want to go up against that stuff, yeah. And, yeah. and and it's just they just it's just too scary. I kind of you know what do you think? Uh, I mean, what, how would you respond to you know people's you know rightful you know feelings of fear and intimidation against this system and. Um. I can understand people being uh, fearful, but you know, if you're a Christian, uh, I would say, 
get over it. Mm-hmm. All through the scriptures it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. And Christ says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as I and your Father which art in heaven is perfect. Well, we need to stop stop thinking in the box that the world is trying to make us think in and get out of that box and realize who the hell we are. Mm-hmm. We're children of God, and we have the power to do what he did. Christ said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you shall be able to move mountains. He didn't say can. He said shall. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, if your faith is where it should be, your heart is where it should be, you can go into court and you can kick their ass. I say my prayers when I go to court. You know, a lot of people may not, but I say my prayers. And I have faith and trust in my creator and my savior mm-hmm. that uh, you know if I do everything right he's going to be there and he's going to fight my battles for me the scriptures tell us that you know he will fight our fights for us but we have to put forth the effort right you know yesterday also after after all this I went to court and I was found guilty and I paid my money and now I guess I'm going to get all this, you know, subsequent hassles. Um, you know, I was all bent out of shape and I was uh, upset and, you know, mad at myself and mad at the system and feeling a little bit victimized. And um, I started talking to my wife about stuff and then we went to um, our, a birthing class. She's she's gonna We're going to have a baby in a few weeks. Oh, boy or girl? That's a boy. It's going to be a boy. Oh. Yeah. First so, one? No. Well, we have a little girl, too. Oh. So um, we're all excited about it. And, you know, we, we've been through the ropes before, so this is kind of a refresher course, and it's just interesting, and we kind of, it's good. But but she was talking that night, the, the teacher was talking about um, drugs and the drugs given to women in birth, and, um, you know, we're going to a natural birth center, and we're having going to have a natural birth. And but they were talking about when, when problems happen and the traditional way of doing things with pitocin and all this terrible stuff. And you know she was having all these feelings about it. And she's like, I can't. Why do they? You know, how did this happen? How did this? How did you know pregnancy become an illness? And 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 I go and 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 she was. I didn't the one, know it was. Well, in modern medicine, they treat it as an illness, right? So anyway, and and she was earlier sort of sort of um, chastising me for putting up a fight against the the legal system and i'm going it's the same energy it's that same it's it's the same patriarchal uh dominance power control exactly. top of the pyramid uh hierarchical system it's, uh, it's 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 the exact same thing it's because and, and you're you know you have a, a, an emotional reaction because of, of where you're at now to seeing that part of the pie i'm over here and this other fighting the same battle or having the same reaction you know having to stand up and and resist that dominance right, right. but it's the same patriarchal i mean vibration it's just exactly and you see because they want to control the drugs and everything so right. they can can control the population mm-hmm. uh, and um did your did you get a social security number for your first kid i resisted my you wife resisted my wife wanted one your wife wanted one you know uh, I, w- I would recommend everyone out there that that's having children uh, have natural births away from the hospital mm-hmm. the hos- the nurses in the hospitals have been instructed 
to not let the baby out of the hospital until they have a social security number assigned to that baby. Hmm. And, and and what they what these nurses don't realize is that they are uh, committing fraud because they are putting that baby into a contract and that baby has no say say whatsoever in that contract. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, you know, if somebody wants to have a Social Security number, hey, right. that's their right. But to force it on to people in, this, in the way that the the government has brainwashed the hospitals and into forcing the nurses to do this is 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 just despicable beyond belief as far as I'm concerned and and nurses that uh, that do that kind of crap as far as I'm concerned they're going to burn in hell my my wife was my, her argument was well I think the benefits outweigh the risks for, what for, benefits well that she was saying she, without without the social security card she can't get she can't go to the, or you know get these Medi-Cal and okay because we don't have any insurance and you know we can't get into that the the five whatever well, and just just think about this if the government can give it can also take away mm-hmm. so w- what the government is giving to you in a benefit it's taking away from somebody else how so the government doesn't make money uh-huh, okay. That if if the government has money, they have to take it from somebody to give it to somebody else. Right. That's the way. That's the way the whole system works. Mm-hmm. That's you know the, the the fraud of the social security system is, is that they're taking money from the young people. That are in social security and giving it to the old people. Right. Well, when these young people get old, and there are no more young people to feed the system. Right. What's going to happen to them? These people are going to be out in the cold with no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Now, if a private, if a if a private government, I mean a private business, did exactly what the government's doing, they would be hauled off to jail for fraud. Yeah. But because the government is doing it and they have the guns, well, I guess it's okay. Right. Excuse me. They're going to pay to God for what they're doing. And this country as a whole is going to pay to God if they don't wake up and start taking this country back. Yeah. That's true. Um, whew, you know, and, and uh, well, yeah, while we're talking about that, it's just like, I, I, I was just like, why? Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. I feel like. I'm, of course, I was raised. I mean, I was raised by Anabaptists, so I have a strong thing. Like, only you can only enter into agreements of uh, as an adult. Yeah, like even if it's a religious agreement with with the, your choice and religion, it should be as an adult. And you, you know, you you have to make that as an adult. Same with Social Security. That's why I didn't want I didn't want to do it with my daughter, but. You know, but my wife it, wanted to. Yeah, I, and that, I, that, that age will vary from, from religion to religion. For example, sure. like in the Mormon church, the age of accountability is eight years old. Right. Well, I don't know how accountable an eight-year-old can be, but, hey, that's what they claim. You know, that's the age of accountability. From, right. eight, year, from eight years old and on, you're, gui- uh, you're guilty of your sins, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, if you uh, commit any crimes before eight years old, you're... 
you know, uh, you're not held accountable for your sins. Right. I guess that's, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure of that, but, you know, that's, so that's anyway. Huh. Let's get on to other subjects. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we are starting to run out a little bit of time here. We're we're uh, we're coming up to the end here. Um, this has been a really interesting conversation, and um, and I'm, I'm I'm definitely fascinated in this book here. It looks really interesting. Uh, uh, it's, it's it's got a lot of great information in it, man. And, yeah. and I it's got two court court documents in it that that he put in here. I copied one almost verbatim. Uh, uh, and I'm going to use it in three cases that I'm involved in right now, uh, and see how it, see how it flies. I just had to change it from Minnesota law to California law and mm-hmm. whatnot. But uh, and I, I, if I had more time, I could have done a little bit better job on it and done the research and copied the California codes and stuff. But I did mention the uh, vehicle code of 260 and whatnot in it. So right. Uh, well, that's cool. Um, do you um, so? Do you have any like? Um, I guess I, I kind of. I always ask. I always ask my guests this as maybe as as we're going out. Like, where do you see um, us going right now? What what vision do you have of of the near future, and how how can we best? You know, extricate ourselves from this Babylon system that we're in. Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> well, that's a tough one. I know. It's that's I struggle with that every day. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you have any listeners out there that are Mormon, but uh, you know, uh, as I understand it, Joseph Smith made the prophecy that when the Constitution hung by a thread, the elders of Israel. And um, the Mormon Church sees that elders of Israel as being the uh, elders in the Mormon Church got it mm. would step in and save the Constitution. Hmm. Well, I also have a quote by Ezra Taft Benson, who happened to be uh, uh, in government in Washington. Uh, I think he was the Secretary of Agriculture for a while. He and then he later became. Uh, the president and prophet of the Mormon Church. Oh, okay. And his quote says, "I believe the Constitution will be saved, but it will be saved by in uh, in uh, freedom-loving individuals and enlightened members of the church." So, taking those two uh, statements by those two. So-called uh, prophets, or you know, if you if you don't believe in their uh, that they're prophets, that's fine, you know. But uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt and call them prophets for the moment. Um, you know, so what I'm trying to say is, if the Constitution is going to be saved, uh, it's going to be saved. This is this is the gospel of Chief David here. It's going to be saved by actual Israelite descendants that are freedom loving people and uh, and boy I sure hope they hurry up and wake up that's all I can say because 
you know, I, I think I think the Constitution has been hanging by a thread for too damn long. Yeah, you know, and yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. Who are the who are what Israelite descendants are you talking about? I'm not. I'm kind of confused by that. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, okay. Uh, uh, if you read the Bible, t- t- uh, uh, Jacob was uh-huh. uh, was. Uh, uh, renamed Israel right. by by God, okay? okay, and he had twelve sons. That is the Israelite nation. Okay, okay. There's twelve tribes in the Israelite nation. Okay, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's why Jesus Christ, when he was on the earth, he picked twelve apostles, one apostle for each tribe. Okay, okay. Um, now. Sometimes in the Bible and and, all, and and Christians do this all the time, they confuse Israelites. Or I mean, I mean uh, the the uh, Israel uh, Israelis. No, the the what, the Zionists, the Ashkenazis. No, no, no the, the the Jews. <laughs> oh, the Jews. with the uh, um, elders of uh, Israel. Okay. Okay. Or the Jews with the Israel. Now Jews are only one tribe. They're the descendants of Judah. Uh-huh. You know, so. You, 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 but. Uh, okay. Um, I'm for me. I just I just don't get the the genealogy part of it. Like I don't see why that's. I think every human is a child of God. And every, every period, you're right. You're right. And, you're right. And, every, it doesn't. It doesn't that's the every end of it, every so. human is a child of God, and I I don't understand everything about right. about that either. You know, but you know, according to the Bible, the Israel Israelite nation was the chosen chosen nation. Uh, you know, God's God's chosen, but. Uh, uh, they were to bless all nations, and all nations were to accept God, uh, you know, Christ and Jesus as their Savior. And so, uh, uh, the way I understand the Scriptures, you know, the, the Gentiles or people that were not Israelites were to be adopted in to the Israelite nation, just like you can become adopted into the Pem- Pembina nation or uh, people coming from Europe or Asia can be adopted into the United States nation. Okay. You know, it's right. the same type of principle. So you sort of, I mean, you're sort of thinking that the solution is is sort of a spiritual, uh, definitely a spiritual solution. Without a, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. This, if this country does not get back on the spirit, their uh, spiritual track, this country is going to go down. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go down hard. You know, because God is going to judge this country. Uh, you know, I have to admit here, I was raised as a Mormon, mm-hmm. okay, a uh, Latter-day Saint. Uh-huh. And I've read the Book of Mormon uh, many times, and I still read the Book of Mormon. Uh-huh. I have not been a member of the church for over 30 years. Why'd you quit? Or, or over 20 years, 25 years. They kicked me out, basically. I I I had uh, uh, committed some indiscretions I shouldn't have committed, and I went before the 
bishop and they held the court and excommunicated me. Uh-huh. If I had kept my mouth shut and never said anything, which I understand, uh, looking back now, I wish that's prob- I, I probably wish that's what I would have done. Uh, but I would have been held accountable. Um, but I understand there's a lot of people in the church that have done things that I have done or things that are more serious than I have done and never said a word and then they wait 20, 30 years and then they and then they go to their bishop and, and all they receive is a slap on the wrist. They never get excommunicated. Can I ask you a question? Since, sure. Since uh, um, when, when the elders who are 18 knock on my door, uh, uh, I always ask him this question, and um, I'm interested to see what you would say. I mean, um, Joseph Smith, uh, Brigham Young, these guys, they were all, as I understand it, uh, high-level Freemasons. Does that bother you? Is there any kind of uh, contradiction in that for you? Um, well, uh, no, that doesn't bother me. Uh, to tell you, tell you the truth, that doesn't bother me. Uh, and... I think if you look back, the the the, the, the Freemason Society actually uh, goes back to the days of Solomon mm-hmm. and the Solomon's Temple. You know, so if Solomon's Temple was a temple of God, and the and the uh, LDS or the Mormons build temples on a regular basis, so if their temples are temples of God, then then it stands to reason that if Solomon's temple is, was a temple of God, then they're going to be doing the same things. They're going to have the same same signs and same order. Okay. You know, so that doesn't bother me. Okay. Uh, I know it might bother some people, but uh, it's largely know. unknown in the church. It seems that that piece well, of information seems there. There are a lot of people in the church that don't know squat. Yeah. About their own scriptures, I, I have to say that, you know, and and I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but hey, you know, I read the scriptures on on a regular basis. I read I read the Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Mor- Book of Mormon, the Old Testament, New, New Testament. I read all of them every single year. Every year I start all over again and re- read through it again. So you know, and I'm always learning new stuff every time I read them, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I have I have brothers that tell me, oh, you got to pay your taxes. It's none of their damn business whether I pay my taxes or not. It's between me and God, mm-hmm. you know. But they won't accept me as part of the family until I pay my taxes. That's not Christ-like, right. you know. And. Uh, and they're they claim to be good Mormons, right? You know, I distrust the, that church. I I, <laughs> I I I'll tell you quite honestly, I have been screwed over more times than I can count by people who claim to be good, honest Mormons. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I have been screwed over by people that claim to be good, honest Catholics. Right? You know, well, so you know. Yeah. Assholes there's, know no uh, religion. Basically, what I'm saying is, there's good and bad in all yeah. all societies. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and these people that uh, do those kind of things that screw people over, mm-hmm. they're going to be held accountable, and they're going to pay dearly for for the crimes that they have committed if they don't repent. But but you know, 
there's a lot of people that claim our founding fathers were atheists and deists. I don't I don't believe that. Uh, if you read their uh, writings and their you know their papers and, uh, and you go to Washington D.C., you see scriptures all over the place. Mm-hmm. They were they were Christians. All the, uh, the the biggest majority were were Christians through and through. Many of the founding fathers were were uh, ministers in the church. You know, and 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 I need to say this. You know, the the churches have failed this country. Uh, there's a book by Peter Kershaw called "In Caesar's Grip," and it's a very good book. Uh, and he, and one of the things this book says is that when when Christ was in Rome, uh, you could believe anything you wanted to believe as long as you got a license from the government to believe it. Christ never went to the government to get a license to preach what he was preaching. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why he killed him. Okay? Because he had the truth and he was didn't he didn't bow down to their system. And you know it was the church's duty and responsibility to take care of the welfare of the people, to take care of the education of the people. Right. And the churches have stepped back and given all of that to the government. And they, as far as I'm concerned, there is not a true church on the face of this continent because they have all bowed down. They have gotten a license from the government to become a church. Mm -hmm. And then they have become a 501c3 corporation under the IRS rules to protect their tax-exempt status Right. When the founding fathers made them tax exempt from the very beginning, yeah. okay, attorneys came along later and convinced the churches they had to had to incorporate and become uh, uh, and get a license under right. the state uh, under the state and become 501 c three organizations to protect their tax exempt status and. The founding fathers expected when King George was warring against the people and committing the crimes against the people, these pastors in these churches they stood up and they preached vehemently against the crimes that King George was committing. Mm-hmm. You ever see any churches committing uh, preaching against the crimes that are going on by our leaders in this country anymore? Not too often. They they can't because 501c3 strictly prohibits them from oh, speaking from, out yeah, against the government, right. from backing political leaders, right. and that's exactly what the founding fathers expected the churches to do. Right. The churches were to be a, another arm of, not not really an arm of the government, but a protector of the government, protector of the people, protector from of the, the people government. from the government. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 as far as the uh, it, one other thing we need to mention is the jury system has been corrupted to the point the the founding fathers expected the the grand jury and juries of this country to be another arm of the government to protect the people from the government sort of of Mm -hmm. like in uh, 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 in between the churches and the government another another phase to, uh, to make sure that the government Kept within the confines of the Constitution, right? But they've they've sort of uh, uh, 
made hostage or, or taken over that grand jury process, so, so they sort of make grand juries well, the, amongst themselves. The, the, the judges, the judges, and the what's the city attorneys or mm-hmm. county uh, uh, district attorneys and whatnot? They have taken over the grand jury and jury system to the point that. They are uh, led to believe that they cannot judge the law. They can only judge whether or not the individual broke the law. Right. And and the founding fathers expected the judges, the, the juries, to judge not only the individual, but to judge the laws. To so that if the laws were were wicked and evil laws, then they could judge against the law, and find the person innocent of the crime that the government was trying to convict them of. And therefore, change the law. Right. Huh. And it's called jury nullification. Hmm. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. I think this is the end of the line for this show. But I uh, wanted to thank you for coming in. All right, it's been a pleasure being here. It's been and I hope I hear from uh, many of your. Uh, yeah, send that uh, email thing. address again out. Yeah, uh, Chief I'll... David at hotmail.com. All right, great. And the phone number is 949-275-8542. So anyone interested in uh, fighting traffic tickets or uh, becoming a Native American, yeah. uh, let me hear from you. Thank All right. you. All right, we're going to go out with a song called Dream of Flight by a band named Gas. Have a good night.